Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. It's actually more than daily. We have eight shows a week. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the Thursday Night Football Recap. Joined, as always, by my three friends, the NFL super friends, John Breach, Ryan Wilson, Sean Wagner McGuff. What's happening, fellas? I will. Mm. You know, you would think after 492 episodes, we'd figure out that when I say your names, you, you could one person would jump in first. But would you... I would think that you would call us by one name or the other so we know who you wanted to speak. Because every time you say, what's up, I guys? Do, do it in different order. That's true. I think we're all surprised every time you call us super friends because off podcast, ho ho, Princeton treats us like trash. He has me do his laundry and then I have to mail it back to him. He doesn't even mail stuff to Sean. It's insane. It's not true. Everything's been mailed. We are, uh, we're, we're kosher. There's just like a three, you know, like when you order something online, it's like, you know, you can pay extra for next day shipping. There's actually a fourth option. It's called the Brinson. It means he takes your money and doesn't mail something for three months. It's like Sean. ordering off eBay when it's coming from China. It takes four months to get there. I forgot to ask, did you guys adjust your Skype settings to make sure that uh, – I did. Good job. Indeed. And diddly do. Uh, I've got uh, – so <laughs> one of our listeners, Joseph H., is uh, we're doing a beer swap for a shirt situation. And so like, do we get any of that beer or is that just for you? I'm just – uh, like I'm, I said, already, super friends, I'm already a little anxious about getting the shirt out in the mail. Like I'm like, it, it makes me anxious knowing it's lingering. And yet I probably, I mean, I'll get it to him, but you know. Um, so here are the two things that Brinson gets anxious about. Someone who has zero, gives zero craps about everything, including like being on time for his family stuff. He gets anxious about mailing a shirt to someone who's given him beer. Uh-huh. And he gets anxious about sitting in the middle seat on the set when he's doing, when we're doing like segments at Fort Lauderdale. He can't be in the middle seat of a three-man setup. But that's – but as I pointed out at the time, that's very like – goes against what you'd expect to Brinson because you would right. expect that he would want to be in the exactly. middle. That's why I was shocked. He has like, anxiety he wants to be on the side. Attacks. Yeah. It's like Zoolander can't turn left. Brinson cannot operate from the middle seat on a studio set. It's, it's actually unbelievable. It is. Speaking of uh, beer that came in the mail, shout out to BrewDog, James Marks, uh, listener. Uh, works at BrewDog, always hooks it up, sends some to Heath as well. I'm drinking a Vermont Vampire. It's a black New England IPA. Mm. It's something else. A little fruity pop, and yet it's a little bit of darkness to it. Sean, this would be right in your, right up your, I, I, I wish that you had as much enthusiasm for football as you do about beer. Or being on time. Imagine if you were as punctual as he is in love with beer. Man, I don't even want to think about it. It sounds, you know what that sounds like? It sounds like a like a heavy beer you could have paired with a heavy sandwich. <laughs> Got you there. You called it a heavy sandwich once. Remember that, Will? I, I do. I do. Uh, let's talk some football. That was a heavy sandwich. 
That's a heavy sandwich. You know, if we get this stupid soundboard working, we'd have some drops. I'm, Damn. believe you me, I will get a dog John drop in there too. Sean coming out swinging. 19 to 9 was the final on Thursday night between the Minnesota Vikings and the Washington Redskins. If, uh, I feel like this is what, this is the football, not to steal Breach's little move, um, and, and go with an analogy here. But this felt like a boa constrictor killing a, a bunny rabbit. Like it was just wrap it around it and strangle it to death very slowly in, in, in long, drawn out fashion. That feels accurate, right? I feel like that's about half right. I feel like it was a boa constrictor strangling an alligator like you see on National Geographic. Then when Case Keenum went out, a little bunny rabbit came out of the alligator's mouth and then that's what he finished off with. Where is this taking place? Are there bunnies next to alligators in real life anywhere? The Serengeti show. Imagine like Everglades. Have you ever been to Florida? Are there bunnies in Florida? Yes. Everything's in Florida. Have you not ever heard the, um, the story? Uh, who is there? Some, is it, there's some guy who played at Florida State. It's either Antonio Cromartie or something. They used to, maybe it's Anquan Bolden, but they used to race the, the rabbits. Santonio Holmes did that. Santonio Holmes. That's who it was. He's from, he's from down, I can't remember the town, but he's from down there and that's how they, Claim that he, you know he got to be so quick and fast and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm sure if we Google Santonio San Holmes, yep, Belglade is he from Belglade? Santonio San Holmes tells his days of chasing, catching, and skinning rabbits. Boom! He's not want not. There you go, Sean. And Sean didn't think there were rabbits in Florida. What an uncomfortable. The only times I'm in Florida is usually with you guys, and we have never seen a rabbit. Uh, it's because the iguanas eat them all. Suffice to say, Sean, this. Puts you publicly as uncultured swine. Ha! <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, anyway, back to, back to, back to the Redskins. Back to this, Jesus, this, this show. Back to the Redskins. 19 to 9. I mean, look, I, I don't know. The Redskins were in this game in the first half. This was not a blowout. In the uh, third quarter. And yes. I, I, I don't know. When they still, Case Keenum went out. It was 16 it was, to 9. Um, Case Keenum, he went out. Uh, they went for it on fourth down. The Vikings did. They didn't get it because K. Uh, what's his face? Trub- uh, Trubisky. Uh, Kirk Cousins <laughs> did the Ryan Tannehill sneak where he jumped straight up again. That doesn't work. I, I don't know why they do that. So they didn't get it. They had the ball two plays later, I think, is when Dwayne Haskins threw that moon ball to scary Terry McLaurin over the middle that was intercepted. What, so it was 16 yeah. at that point, wasn't it? And that was with 248 remaining in the yeah. third quarter was when Cousins got stuffed on that fourth down. So right, yeah. this was a game with 15 minutes left, roughly. Um, it was okay. a one score game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 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 So you're, um, I, I wrote it down on my handy notepad from 2005. No, 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 but, but, but you're wrong. Uh, Haskins came out of halftime and started. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. That's when the game was over. No, no. He threw the interception to scary Terry when it was 16 to nine late in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what you're missing is that the second Dwayne Haskins came in the game, it was over. Okay. Dwayne, yeah. Haskins was Dwayne Haskins was the bunny in my metaphor after the alligator got taken out. <laughs> Alligator Case Keenum? Yes. No, I mean, like. Disrespectful to Alligator. Their first, their first drive, they went three plays, seven yards, punt. Um, then they got, they, uh, they got the ball, six plays, 50 yards, which is actually pretty decent. And so they get a field goal and Haskins. Now, now, yeah, Brenton, we don't have to give any credit to Wayne Haskins that drive. That was 56 yards by Adrian Peterson, right. 35 yards rushing, 21 yards receiving. Adrian Peterson literally did that entire drive himself and put them in field goal range. So that was not Haskins See, at all. Adrian Peterson had a 30 plus yard run. And if you take that out, um, and I'm not suggesting, but I'm just saying like for the purposes of evaluating Dwayne Haskins, seven yards in the first drive, 
uh, 15 on the second minus the AP run, four yards on their third drive, negative three on their fourth drive, and then they ran the ball once for 11 yards and walked off the field down 10. I mean, they, this was, they were not in the game in the second half once Dwayne Haskins came in. I, I will not accept. That's fine. I mean, the score and the situation said differently, but if you hate Dwayne, it ain't like Case Keenum's going to the Hall of Fame based on what he's played this year. I mean, he's pretty terrible as well. If they played, if they'd done anything in the red zone, they would have been leading in the game. If Bill Callahan. But that, that works the same way with the Vikings, though. The Vikings didn't even punt in this game, and they only scored 19 points because they couldn't finish drives. What I think Brinson is saying is that the second Dwayne Haskins entered the game in the second half, at the beginning of the second half, in no way did he ever feel threatened that the Vikings were going to lose. I think he's saying did he's he feel threatened with Case Keenum in the first half? I, I, I moved the ball. Keenum actually, he was twelve of sixteen for one hundred thirty yards, eight yards per attempt. He was actually he wasn't the problem in the first. Yeah, half. Terry McLaurin was running wide open against the against the Vikings secondary. Vikings secondary did not. By play the way, well not the Vikings secondary. Xavier Rhodes, who has had a terrible year, and that was punctuated by a terrible evening, and then he got hit in the in the face, and they didn't call the. I think AP did. It was it AP who sort of speared him inside. No, of the it head? was uh, Sprinkle. I think. Sprinkle. Okay, I like Sprinkle and I like Pringle from the uh, the other team. What team does he play for? Chiefs. Sean? The Chiefs, Chiefs, right? I'm not sure I ever want to hear Sean say Sprinkle again. <laughs> so I'm restricted the... from talking about the Redskins tight end. Say it one more time, just in case. Sprinkle. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with Sprinkle? Hey, Sean. Sean, Sean say Sprinkle, Daddy. No, don't say no, that. Those that are Brenton's two favorite say. words that you say. No, moist too. Oh, that's a terrible. <laughs> moist sprinkle, daddy. <laughs> that should be banned before like the F word or other. Moist should just be out of our. By the way, moist sprinkle, daddy. That is definitely the name of Sean's high school band. <laughs> <laughs> and my fantasy team. <laughs> too far. Yeah, do you guys think moist sprinkle, daddy's going to play their up tempo hit tonight? Oh, <laughs> uh, all emo. We, we might all sprinkle all in a few of the hits. Uh, that's terrible. Uh, Dalvin Cook ran well, 23 carries, 98 yards, one touchdown. Alexander Madison had uh, a 13 carries for 61 yards. Should have had like 15 carries for 120 yards, but half of them got called back. Big moment at the end of the game. Uh, instead of trying to pass in the end zone and really put this thing away, uh, Mike Zimmer ran the ball on fourth down. Alexander Madison couldn't get in the end zone, and the Vikings did not cover the uh, 16 and a half points. Did you like the 16 and a half? I didn't. No, no, not at all. I took the Vikings live twice in the second half. Uh, once Haskins popped in, fourteen and a half, and then at eight and a half um, after the uh, the midfield turnover, so split the difference on it. But once once Haskins came in, I was trying to get as much on the Vikings as I could. Um, Stephon Diggs was awesome, except for one fumble. He was running wide open, seven targets, seven catches, one hundred forty three yards. Dalvin Cook caught a bunch of screens that led to the only touchdown in that game, uh, five catches for seventy three yards. It just didn't feel like the Vikings were revving up at all in this game. They, they uh, yeah. I was gonna say Stephon Diggs, uh, three game receiving stretch is a franchise record. He's gone off the last three games. So tonight he, oh. what's that? Squeaky wheel. Oh yeah, no, that's right. That's your theory. So uh, let's look real quick. So seven one sixty seven two weeks ago against the Eagles, three touchdowns in that game. Seven one forty three last week against Detroit, and then uh, tonight he was seven one forty three. So that's I mean. And that extends obviously to Kirk Cousins. If you, you know, after that Bears game four weeks ago when, you know, it seemed like the sky was falling, uh, you know, Vikings on the verge of trading, digs, Cousins has to publicly apologize. This is what Cousins has done in the four games since. 78% of his passes completed, 10.9 yards per attempt, 315 yards per game, 10 touchdowns and one interception. He didn't throw a touchdown today, uh, or sorry, on Thursday night, but I thought he was 
almost perfect. I mean, he was 23 of 26. He didn't really make a bad throw. His only mistake came on that quarterback sneak um, when he kind of just went the wrong way um, and didn't, as Brinson likes to say, you know, burrow your way into the offensive line. Uh, but I think Cousins right now is playing well enough to get himself into the MVP conversation. I'm actually shocked. We wrote our MVP post for this week, and I'm actually surprised you didn't already put him in there, Brinson, but I know he's going to be there this week. Yeah, probably number one. Uh, he'll move ahead of Christian McCaffrey. And you guys just mentioned Diggs. He and Ryan mentioned all his numbers. 452 receiving yards over the past three games. That is a Vikings record. Not even Randy Moss did that. Oh, that's what I just said. Good call. Did you give the exact number? <laughs> no, I didn't do the math, and I didn't mention Randy Moss's Moss, but... number was 446. So Diggs. No one listens six. to each other on this on this podcast. No, I listened. I just didn't think he gave the number. Is that a bit? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I have, I have another thing I want to say, and then John, you can double down on that uh, once I say I can, it. I, I'm the stat guy. I'm just, I'm just making sure we had the final stat wait, correct. Wait, wait, wait. You get you guy. Yeah, you don't get a claim being the stat guy. I, think, oh, well, I was just making, letting everyone know how close Diggs, how much he beat Randy Moss's record by. So coming into a nice game where, uh, if you'd heard Ryan say it, you'd been like, and Ryan, that number you mentioned earlier, here's the exact number. Instead, you were like, here's a franchise record. So Kirk was 23 of 26 tonight for 285. Coming into this game, three straight games prior to tonight, 300 yards passing, 135 passer rating, first player in NFL history to do that. And, uh, coming into the nice game, he was 0 and 4 on Thursday night. Uh, clearly Callahan and, uh, Dwayne Haskins made that work out for him though. Yeah, did you guys know that Cousins is 0 and 4 on Thursday nights coming into this game? <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. I, I heard him say it. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. The Nationals, the Washington Nationals, have not lost since uh, since Bill Callahan took over the Redskins. Like if Jay Gruden had to die so the Nationals could win a World Series, he should get to throw out the first pitch on uh, on Friday or tonight's game against the uh, the Astros. How many possessions? Do you think the Redskins have gone without scoring a touchdown? Well, it's been two games. Nine quarters. So I'll say it's been nine quarters. I will say that it's been 26 possessions. Anyone else want to gander, I guess? Uh, it's the Dolphins game. I know that. So I'll I don't, say. I don't want to guess. I'll say 21. Oh my God! It's twenty-one. Did you cheat, John? No, I swear to God, I he just was. I did see him reaching for his computer after you asked. Hey, the no, no, no. I, I looked at their possessions in this game and then did the math from there, like added that to my guess. But I did not look at any other games. I just knew the last touchdown they scored because they shut out against the Forty ers and the last time they scored was seventeen sixteen against the Dolphins. Four straight double-digit wins for the Vikings. So I think Sean is on to something with this Kirby Cousins. By the well, way, once we saw, forget about the Callahan thing. Once we started calling him Kirby Suckett, he turned it around. That's what happened. Feel, and I'll tell you the curse of Ryan Wilson, because man, you trashed Matt Patricia for twelve straight months. Yeah. That guy turned it around. You come up with Kirby Suckett. That guy's now an MVP candidate. And you know what, Kirk Cousins? I thought his best throw of the night was uh, the Vikings had a third and nine from their own ten yard line in the third quarter. If they don't convert this, it's still thirteen six. You punt. The Redskins are practically in field goal range if you do not convert this third and nine. Cousins throws a dime to Stephon Diggs. It went for a 39-yard gain. Again, this was third and nine from their own 10-yard line. And then from there, the Vikings went straight down, kicked the field goal. And that was pretty much what put the game out of the reach. And so, uh, you know, I thought that was probably the Cousins' key throw of the game. Can I put one more thing out there? You can put as many things out there as you want. What do you think Kirk Cousins' career record is now? Percentage-wise, you, you don't have to give me the exact number. 
I know the answer to this. 500. One above 500. Okay. Yep. You, listen, you're talking to the numbers guy, Sean. You got to be specific. So it's 40, 39, and two. This is the first time, uh, first time since, uh, starting his career one and oh, according to our buddies at CBS Sports HQ. Kirk Cousins above 500 starter. This Kirk Cousins slander won't stand. And after the talking break, about who's slandering, we've Larry. spent the last 10 minutes complimenting him. Besides Wilson, we're the most pro Kirk Cousins podcast in this country. You predicted him to win Super Bowl. I predicted him to get to the Super Bowl and Sean would high five Kirk Cousins if he came over to his apartment. I, right I, now. I tell you what I did when Andrew Luck retired, I did a redraft of that draft and I, and I said Kirk Cousins would be the third pick in that draft behind Luck and, and Russell Wilson and people killed me for it. What do they kill you? Like, uh, who do they think should kill have? you for not having Kirk over luck? Oh, no, I, I think if you get how many six years of luck like that, I think I think a lot of teams would take their chances in that six years and try to win. Remember yeah, when, when you got a coach and a GM fired? My God, Brinson, what? this this is a weird hill to die on. You got a coach and a GM. Andrew Luck got Pagano and Grigson fired. That's what you just said. OK, I mean, we'll see what people think about that. Good take. They didn't. They didn't win anything. They all got fired, and he, he kept them their jobs longer. He than went eleven and anything. five in his first two years, and the year before they won two football games. What are you smoking? You've criticized. This is so bizarre. You've like been hammering Grigson and Pagano all throughout the Andrew Luck era, and then now you're saying Luck got them fired. Did you take no, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm saying, would you take twelve years of of Kirk Cousins or six years of Andrew Luck? Six of Andrew. But you get you already know what the six years are. I'll take the I'll take the twelve of cousins. Wait, um, am I getting a repeat of the six years I just got a Kirk Cousins, or does he get progressively <laughs> better? Or like, what I did I not mean to turn this into a redraft. The twenty twelve draft. The break. We'll talk about what's next for Washington. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Can't believe you guys tried to derail. It's trying to turn this on me. This is not on me. Dwayne Haskins came into the second half. Bill Callahan says... He's not sure who will start a quarterback at Buffalo. 
in week nine. The Redskins buy is week 10. However, he did say if Case Keenum, who is dealing with a concussion, cannot go, it would be Dwayne Haskins over Colt McCoy. Prepare the nuke bombs on whatever the line is. Buffalo minus X. You want us to guess or are you going to tell us? I don't know what it would be. I think if, I think if Dwayne Haskins are to be Buffalo minus 12. Yeah. All right. If Dwayne Haskins starts, Sean has to fly to Vegas and put bets in for all of us because I'm, I'm dropping all my money on that. Here's what um, I want to say about that though. I, I mean, look, yeah, Dwayne Haskins was terrible. He only played one year last year at Ohio State and he was really good, but this is a completely different animal being at the Washington Redskins. But we've seen teams who lose their quarterback and function. So this isn't all about Dwayne Haskins being inexperienced. I mean, the Steelers won with some guy named Duck Hodges, and, and Brinson hates that name worse than any other name you give someone. You said you hate Duck. I think it's a stupid nickname for a quarterback. Okay, why are you making faces? That's exactly what I just said. Brinson's, yeah. Brinson's being weird tonight. Yeah. But my point is that if Dwayne Haskins were in Pittsburgh. Sean's name more than I hate Duck Hodges. <laughs> if, you, if Sean Haskins were in Pittsburgh, for example, they probably would have won the same number of games they won and beaten the Chargers. But I feel like in Washington, it doesn't matter who's there that the quarterback doesn't have a chance, whether he's young, old, or in between. I, I would agree with that. I mean, look, he he's he's in the hardest place to play in football right now in terms of um, opposing stadiums, I think, in Minnesota. It's a really difficult place to play. Against a very good defense, coached by a smart defensive coach, uh, with a bad offensive line, no skill position weapons, um, and uh, and he's being asked to jump in without preparation, and he's, he's, you know, he's botching calls at the line, he's missing – you know, making bad throws. Yeah, I mean, that's what to be expected. Um, the Redskins, by the way, are dangerously close to cashing their under early. What six, is it? Six and a half. Who thought there was going to be six and a half? <laughs> I, I, I bet it. My under six and a half. So good. They, good they seven games. They have uh, seven games after their bye, so I believe they have to lose uh, three more games, and the Redskins under will cash. It's getting it's getting pretty tight. So are the three front runners for worst? All time, or worst 2019, Redskins, um, Dolphins, and, and Bengals. Is that where we're at? And is any other team fighting? Clear cut bottom tier. John, are, the, are the Bengals the worst team in football? I mocked me when I said this. this into a Bengals ago. podcast, guys. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to okay. let you let me do it. I'm just not going to talk about the Bengals tonight. Uh, they're on London time. It's like 5 a.m. in London right now, so I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping on the Bengals. Hey, is it possible that – um? by the way, real quick, let's talk about Adrian Peterson. I passed Jerome Bettis and uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, now six all-time on the rushing list. Um, did you think it was a cool moment when he got cheered by the Vikings fans? Do you think, as Hakeem uh, Dermish asked me on CBS Sports HQ before we recorded this podcast, he's an immediate Hall of Famer, right? He just passed Jerome and LDT, so, yeah, they're both in the Hall of Fame. You know yeah, D about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Good question, Brinson. Yes, I mean he's the best running back of his generation. You are you are mocking Akeem if you mock that question because I'm using utilizing his question and perhaps mocking <laughs> our producer Matt Mayer and as well because I bet Mayer stuck that in Akeem's ear. Like, what That's more fine. would would Peterson have had to do? Like, he, oh, when it's Super Bowl. I don't think you can hold that. No, I'm just back. kidding. He should absolutely and he, be in. And he has, you know, he has the career numbers, and he has that one incredible season where he dragged the dragged them to the playoffs and almost set the the record. Or did he? No, was he short? Even MVP in 2012. Yeah, did he break the yeah. rushing? No, record? he didn't break. He fell like 40 or 50 yards short. I know they knocked the 10 win Bears out of the playoffs. I was very dis- disappointed watching MVP. that game. He busted over 2,000 yards coming off a torn ACL that he suffered the previous December. 
it's yeah, he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer in my opinion. I put him up there with Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. Uh, I would put him above Frank Gore and Curtis Martin, who are more compilers, I think, uh, ahead of him on the rushing list. Just guys there. I, I would have him below Ladanian, Peyton, Sanders, and Smith, but not, but just one notch. He's he's better than Bettis. Um, and then yes, I think uh, I would put him below Marshall Falk too, who didn't have the necessarily the numbers in terms of the yardage, but I think he's right there in that big group. Um, I guess the big takeaway here is that Wilson thinks Hakeem is a moron. And Adrian Peterson fell eight yards short. By the way, Hakeem of, listens to this podcast, single season. So I, I think the takeaway is that Ryan is a uh, an a hole. I don't yeah. know if I can say that. Hakeem listens to this podcast. No anchor is better about promoting it. He and Tommy Tran are the best about promoting it because they listen to the show. They talk about it. It's awesome. I appreciate it. And Wilson's on here trying to dunk on it. What are you doing? <laughs> I love Hakeem. So if you want to continue to tell that story, go ahead. But uh, sure, knock yourself hey, out. Uh, is there any chance that Dalvin Cook is the MVP of the Vikings and not Kirk Cousins? Yeah, of course. All right, did you watch this game tonight? I mean, it was Dalvin Cook. All the, it's Kirk Cousins throwing a ball one yard downfield and Dalvin Cook doing the rest of it. That's 40% of the Vikings offensive production. So I would definitely say it's Dalvin Cook. And not only that, how many times has Dalvin Cook had to apologize to his teammates for being terrible this year? See, I think <laughs> I would say you could put a average running back on the Vikings and they w- would not be as good as they are now. Um, but they'd be a lot closer to six and two than you would if you put an average quarterback on the Vikings. Mm. Like Alexander Madison had 61 yards on 13 carries today. Like if, it, if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, Alexander Madison's a monster. Okay. Yeah. No one disagrees with that, but you asked who's, who's the MVP and Breach and I said it's not unreasonable to think it's Dalvin it's Cook. Sean dunked on your face by pointing out the inherent point no, of Sean. Then he said you could. Andy Dalton could have done what Kirk Cousins did tonight. I mean, so, oh, come on. <laughs> there wasn't, he had said two. you didn't want to make this a Bengals podcast. What are you All doing? All right, fine. Then pick another quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick could have gone in there and did what Kirk oh, Cousins did Ryan Bailey, in this remember. game, in this okay. game, not the whole season, Breach. in this game. Breach, I want you to turn around and grab, would, could Trubisky? He have, had two good throws downfield and he threw a bunch of screen passes. Could Trubisky have done this? No. No, not Trubisky. Okay. Uh, I want you to put on your little time travel hat that you've got somewhere in your office. I know you got one. I won't believe you don't. And I want you to fast forward five weeks. It is now December 3rd, 2019. Oh my God, it's December. Are we only five weeks away from December? That was my only thought when you said that. Yes. I was like, wait, that can't be real. Um, the red, the, the Vikings have played at the Chiefs at the Cowboys on Sunday night. At home against the Broncos, taken a bye, and then played the Seahawks on Monday Night Football in Week 13. What is their record in those four games? Uh, if Patrick Mahomes does not play in that game against the Chiefs, and I do not think he will because I think Andy Reid is just playing all of us for fools with this Weekend at Bernie's routine, the Pick 6 podcast social media page had a great tweet about uh, Andy Reid propping him up like Bernie and Weekend at Bernie. Sean, I know you don't know what that movie is. Uh, I do not think Mahomes is going to play against the Packers. I do not think he is going to play against the Vikings the following week, and he's probably going to miss three games. So anyway, if he misses that, I think the Vikings win that. I think they beat the Broncos, and I think they beat the Cowboys or the Seahawks. So I think they go three and one in that stretch, which would bring him up to nine and three. And, and pretty much if you're nine and three at that point in the season, you're pretty, you have a playoff spot locked down. So Are they the best three. team in that division? No. Okay. It's close. I no, think you not. can make a case. Oh, I think, yeah, Sean's going to say I, the Bears. <laughs> a case for the Bears. No. 
uh, I was tweeting with our buddy Shane Bacon. Nice. How's Shane doing? After the game, he's <laughs> Shane's great. Shane's Shane's living the dream. He's he really is. Awful. Tall, handsome, left-handed. Goes around and plays banned and dunes all the time. I'm jealous. It's left, it's left-handed good. Eh, it's unique if you're a golfer. Um, they call you Southpaw. No, they don't. They don't do that. <laughs> that must have been. They must have gone out in the 90s. Go ahead. What do you say when you talk to him? <laughs> um, and uh, he was like, how about your Vikings Super Bowl pick? I-, I think the Vikings are better than the Packers. Okay. I mean, that's not I outrageous. Think, yeah, I think you can make that argument. I don't know. I mean, I'm at the point where I just don't know. They're too close. I, I watched them play on the field, and I saw the Packers win. <laughs> so I'm going to say the Packers. Monday Night Football at home in Minnesota, December 23rd. That's a big boy game. That's eight weeks away. That's tomorrow. ESPN got lucky with that one. All right. Um, so we have we have the battle for the number one pick between the Bengals and Dolphins on Sunday, December 22nd. Then we have Packers-Vikings on Monday, December 22nd. What a weekend that is going to be right before Christmas. I don't know if we're going to survive. By the way, just to illustrate how close it is, uh, I just pulled it up. The Packers are fifth overall by DVOA. Uh, the Vikings are sixth. So it, it really go. is neck and neck. So DVOA agrees with me, though. Packers are better. What's well, the not. difference in percentage? 1.3. No way. Sorry, sorry. I was looking at the wrong column. Oh, 1.2. <laughs> um, so basically the same thing. All right. Uh, some news we got to hit on. Michael Bennett was traded from the Patriots to the Cowboys. Uh, ESPN reported that the Patriots will either get a 2021 sixth round pick or a 2021 seventh round pick, depending on whether or not Bennett meets certain conditions. I mean, it's hard not to like this deal for the Cowboys. They get more pass rush help. It's cheap. Bennett's a great player. Clearly he's got, I mean, like the Bennett brothers in general are sort of a pain in the, the, the bottom. Uh, they're a little quirky. Brian, I once interviewed Mar. Uh, I was Mark. sitting next to you when you did it. I said, it was at Arizona Super Bowl. I said Ryan and I once interviewed Marty Bennett. Oh, sorry, I was ready to turn on you. I was. Michael says, still... or not Michael. Uh, Wilson is looking for a fight. I know. It's like, like I was sitting next to you. I was there. It's like, yeah, I know. That's why I said Ryan. And I didn't I... hear the first part. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry for snapping at you. <laughs> it's like the time I tried to compliment him on Twitter by saying I agreed with him, and he replies like, "Hey, a hole." Like that's what I said. I was like, I know. I was giving you credit. <laughs> Uh, but you know, Marty's got like a kid's book and all that stuff. He's retired now, but, uh, Michael Bennett, uh, you know, didn't fit in in his time with the Patriots. Um, and as a result, they shipped him out to the Cowboys for He never nothing. played. They were an all world defense. It made sense to get rid of him. Yeah. You don't need that guy stinking up the locker room. Do you think he impacts the Cowboys positively, Sean? I, I lean yes, because despite the headaches that we know he can cause, um, I still think he's a good player. I don't think we really had a chance to see it much this year. And I think if you look at Dallas's defensive line now, you think, okay, on both edges, you've got Robert Quinn and Demarcus Lawrence. And what, what makes Michael Bennett such a good player for the last, you know, six, seven years, however long it's been, is that he can play in the interior. And I think so far this season, he's played more as a defensive tackle than a defensive end. I imagine that's what they will do. So they can have all three of those players on the field at the same time. And then you also think about who is the coach he's joining, which is Chris Richard, who obviously worked with him in Seattle. So, I mean, I, I, I love the trade because it's such a low risk. Seventh round picks don't matter um, for the most part, the teams. So I don't understand. There's no risk attached to it. And I would be willing to bet it works out, but if it doesn't work out, who cares? 
I'm with and you. also he mentioned Rashard real quick. He was the defensive coordinator in Seattle. 2015 through 2017, and Michael Bennett went to the Pro Bowl every single one of those seasons. So, you know, like I'm sure they talked to him before they made this trade. He obviously knows how to push Bennett's buttons to make him get going. Um, all right. Also in the news, kind of sl- I was reading a mm. Mm. There it is. What did I say? I distracted him. You sure did. The Jets are shopping Robbie Anderson and also listening to offers on Leonard Williams. It's a good thing they already fired their GM because if you've got to trade Leonard Williams, you're probably getting fired anyway because he was a very high draft pick. Uh, Robbie Anderson, really the top weapon outside of Le'Veon Bell and Jameson Crowder, top speed weapon for Sam Darnold. Kind of weird that they're shopping him. I guess they're waving the white flag on uh, on the season at this point. Strong start for Adam Gase, eight weeks in. I mean, in his defense, and I, I don't want to defend him, but, again, he had Luke Falk, and then we saw what Sam Darnold did uh, a few days ago against the Patriots where he, he gave, up, gave up in the first quarter. So I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. It doesn't seem like they have a plan. We know that Adam Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell, that, uh, the amount of money they signed him for right before they fired their GM. They don't, um, they don't have a GM, right? Is that right? Are they still GMless or are they hired? Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. Oh right, they did hire Joe Douglas. So I was trying to remember. Did, did this he... little, this little, your ability to hide behind the uh, the curtain of being the new draft guy. You're like, oh, like I don't know. Why would I know who the GM is? He's only making the draft picks. Um, no, I knew it was. Uh, I couldn't remember if there was Eagles guy went there or went somewhere else because I know that the the Texans don't have one. Oh please, they're acting like they dunked on me for that. <laughs> I think the bigger question here is, Brinson, are you surprised that they might be waving the white flag? Because on this very podcast on Monday. You made a case that the Jets could make a run toward the playoffs based on their schedule. So if you were Joe Douglas, would you say, yeah, hang up the phones. We're not trading anyone. We got the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins, and the Jaguars coming up on our schedule, and we can win all those games. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, if I'm Joe Douglas, I might work for Adam Gase. I don't know what you do there. Uh, yeah, By well, the way, I'm... Sean just threw you an alley-oop. Breach caught it, ran on the court, and dunked on both of you. What? How? Why am I involved? I when Brinson said the Jets were going to make a playoff run, I mocked him. I said, I said they make a playoff push. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's how, yeah, exactly. But that yeah, so do you think clarified it? Would do you think they should be waving the white flag, Brinson? I I would not be trading Robbie Anderson right now. Let him walk in free agency. What are or you Lynn getting? Williams. What are you What are you getting? Yeah. What What are you getting for these guys in on the market right now? Like, what are you getting for Leonard Williams? Mid round picks. I mean, let him walk and then get comp picks. Is there – so Wilson was just bringing up who the three worst teams are. I was going to bring up, and I didn't, but now that I can, like the Jets are another one of those one-win teams. Are we sure the Jets can't sneak into that conversation? No, of course not. they can. They're, they're, um, the problem with the Jets, and the Falcons also deserve some yes. discussion there too. Uh, the problem with the Jets is that they were beating the Bills and then lost at the last second. And then the quarterback got mono for five weeks. And then he came back and they thrashed the Cowboys and then they lost to the Patriots on Monday night and the Patriots are just tough to deal with. So like, I think it's hard to really discern what the Jets are. It's easy to bury Adam Gase. I know you want him fired, Sean. You have some personal vendetta against him. I get it. You want him canned, but it's a little early in the process. I don't think he's going to get fired personally. I just think he's against, bad. I just think he's a bad guy. They have two coach. games against the Dolphins. Two games against the Dolphins and they have to play at Cincinnati. Oh, I think Brenton is talking Wilson in this playoff push. This no, is, no, I'm just saying that in terms of being the worst team. No, all. but this is exact. Now, on, conversely, if you lose two of those three games, hey, gone. 
Um, but this is exactly what happened with Wilson and the Broncos. Wilson's like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. I love it. I love it. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. We're all in on this. And then I'm going to turn around and Wilson be like, Brinson's a moron for pushing the Jets in the playoffs. I'm like, wait. You, you, I was a moron for letting you talk me into the Broncos in the offseason. I take full responsibility for that. Until week 14 when he starts talking about how Devontae Parker is actually going to beat Sammy Watkins and tries to take all the credit. Oh, he's beating Sammy Watkins. Do you guys know who the worst team is against the spread this year? The, the Jets. The no, I don't. The Bengals. Sean, what's your guess? <sighs> the Bengals. I want a different guess. Hold on. The oh. answer, you already oh, guessed, hey. and it's the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, Listen, if they lose to the Seahawks, let's say they fire. lose by – If they lose to the I'm Seahawks. six. Wow. So if they lose this weekend to the Seahawks, <laughs> and then they have their bye after that. Are you firing Dan Quinn? Yes. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I am, but I don't, I don't think Arthur Blank will. I think he's gonna let it ride out for the full season. He don't, these owners have this thing about not wanting to be the guy who fires midseason. Why? I don't, uh, I don't Dan, Dan Snyder doesn't have that thing. No. And look how successful he's been. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Snyder's a, an, uh, he's an aberration. Uh, I didn't know where you were going with that, but that's the right word, yep. It's pretty hard to own, I like, if you think about what Dan Snyder's done to the Redskins, like the Redskins at one point in time, and this is, you know, when Sean was a, a wee little, wee little lad, but the Redskins were one of the most iconic brands in all of professional football and all of sports. And Dan Snyder's turned them into arguably the least iconic brand in all of professional football and all of sports. Like, and we haven't even talked about the issue with the name of the, t- the team for three or four years. For this sure. has all been on the field stuff. Yeah, is it what's, yeah, I mean, it's just the teams are, are trash heap. Would you, if you had, if you were buying a team, would you rather buy the Redskins or the Bengals? Bengals. Uh, if somebody bought the Bengals, they would actually be good, but I will say that the Redskins, I think they have the longest drought of not going to the NFC title game. Wow. They have not been, the, they went to the Super Bowl in 91, and that was also their last appearance in the NFC title game. By the way, if I bought the Redskins, I would change the name. I would be immediately announced I was changing the name. Harbor, you get so much goodwill. You get so much, so much new sales of like merchandise and stuff like that. What and would you change it to though? The Brinsons. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. I can't believe I thought of that. That's so uh, unlike you. Can you imagine? Look at Brinson's face right there. That would be, that's on the side of the helmet. That face right He's, there. Oh God. <laughs> Get the screen grab. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's the top of the helmet is painted like his hair, so it looks like everyone has his hair. <laughs> oh, okay. He's loving it. Thing you've ever said, Sean. <laughs> I didn't think Sean had that in him. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else we need to talk about? Did we miss any news? I got the screen grab. Oh, good. Good for you, Breach. That's very exciting. Your Washington Brinsons. They were uh, wigs uh, to the um, stadium. It's a whole thing. There you go. The only reason I take the Bengals over the Redskins is because I don't want to have to rebuild a new stadium. FedEx. Hey, uh, let me ask you this. We talked about the um, Giants and the the Lions on the Picks podcast, which you can check out in the feed uh, as well. Um, Darius Slay said that, quote, nobody's safe after the Quandre Diggs trade. Are you worried that the Lions might lay a turd against the Giants this weekend because of the Quandre Diggs trade? Yeah, I don't know. What, did they explain, um, Quinn and Patricia what they were doing? No. No. Second year well, in a row, they've traded for, they've been like, like active buyers and sellers. Well, the thing is, they leave New England 
And with all that success, I saw Belichick just trading whoever he wants, whenever he wants. And they're like, oh, we can do that too. But the thing is, you can't. You haven't earned that credibility in your new organization. And now it seems like half the people on the roster hate Patricia and Quinn for trading Diggs away. I, I mean, it's kind of a silly trade when you just your whole roster is just upset with you and doesn't even care anymore. The and thing then, is, though, is that the Giants are terrible. So that's why I think they're not going to lay an egg. Well, I mean, you're, you might be giving the, the Lions too much credit. Mm. Um. One more, yeah, I think, I think Matt Stafford is a big day. One more piece of news I want to get through this quote. This bothered me. John Elway, after the, uh, Emmanuel Sanders trade, got up during his press conference and said, Emmanuel had issues and we had issues. So that's why it was a good time to go in a different direction. Are you, what kidding? bothered you about that? You just don't have to say it. Like you, <laughs> the guy who's like, he well, answers to no one. You know, and you know what Emmanuel Sanders' issue was for the last few years, he hasn't had a quarterback who could throw him the ball. So if John Elway could actually just find a quarterback. Then Emmanuel Sanders doesn't have these issues. Did he so say John, that or did no, he? No, I'm just saying that's what we know. That, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders over the years has hinted at or you know complained, not in a terrible way, but has like talked about how it's frustrating when him and Demarius Thomas were there when he's playing with you know the Trevor Simeons, the Brock Osweilers. Who am I missing? Uh, Paxton Lynch. He's talked about it. So I assume that's the issue. I mean, he's at the end of his prime. I mean, he's not in his prime anymore, but he's at the end of his career when he's going to be productive and he's stuck with these terrible quarterbacks. And I'm sure every single year he's hoping John Elway drafts a halfway decent quarterback. And John Elway's response was to trade four, trade four Joe Flacco, <laughs> um, and then draft Drew Locke. So, I mean, I can understand why Emmanuel Sanders would have issues. Understandable every, frustration, yes. Every week I go on uh, our buddy – uh, Bob Haney and Vinny Serrato still in Baltimore, and every week they remind me that Joe Flacco is terrible, and I was an idiot for even thinking that he was going to do anything good for for the Broncos. Mm. I, uh, I, you know what's funny is that John Elway also said that Drew Locke's never going to play, and he just doesn't care, and he just makes himself look more foolish. Like he has no idea what to look for in a quarterback, which we could have a whole podcast on. It's just like the guy drafts a quarterback, and – that guy is automatically destined for failure because John Elway has no idea what he's doing. We need a 30 for 30 on Elway's course. Like, what if I told you <laughs> one Hall of Fame quarterback took nine draft picks <laughs> and came away with absolutely zero wins at quarterback? I'm trying and to think. So Michael Jordan coached. Did he coach? He was a GM. Did he ever coach? Remember he B-slapped Kwame Brown. Right. He sure did. Larry Bird wasn't a terrible coach. I mean, he was okay. He's a, Magic, he's okay, GM. Yeah. Yeah, Magic was okay as a coach, right? I don't think so. Magic uh, was a disaster. As an, a I'm GM. trying to compare these guys to John Elway being like. A I'm not gonna game. be here. All right. Great magic say. moment. What if Elway said that? Magic you know, was like, a, Magic was a bad coach. Debo says. Debo, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this. NBA savant. Oh, okay. So, as, so Debo, in comparison, uh, Larry Bird, Magic. Um and, and John Elway. Is John Elway still the worst, or is Magic hold that throne? Magic. Isaiah's Ooh. in there too. Isaiah Thomas is in there too. Oh, Isaiah, that's right. He was duty straight up. Yeah. So that's what. So John Elway needs to hang out with Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson, and he looks like less of an idiot. Oh my goodness. Wait, is this is this right? Magic. I I, I just forgotten this. Ninety three, ninety four. Uh, Magic at age thirty four. By the way, was the uh, Lakers coach for sixteen games? What do you think the team went? Um, they won seven games. Three and thirteen. Five and eleven. All right, split the difference. Yep. Um, 
what did Isaiah Thomas do? Oh, yeah. He was a jerk, if I recall. I don't follow it closely. He finished 187 and 223. You know, in Elway's defense, at least he has not pulled a Pete Rose. He's not what? He hasn't pulled a Pete Rose. Could be worse. Pete Rose is great against the spread, though. So he's got Pete that. Rose wasn't a terrible manager either, was he, John? Until he got banned from baseball forever for yeah, betting, for betting on, on his team. team was, but he was betting on the he team. He was managing. He's a good manager. Because his last name was Rose. Dude, Pete, Ro- Pete Rose won his division two of his last three years. What are you talking about, Breach? Yeah, I'm just I don't saying at this. least Elway hasn't been caught betting on football. Would it matter if you bet on the Broncos to win, though? Who cares? That's what uh, Pete Rose is doing. Honestly, it would now be that, foolish of him to bet on the Broncos. Now that gambling, <laughs> now that I would look down on him. What if what if Elway is secretly betting against the Broncos every week? <laughs> he's like been making pie ever since the Super Bowl. He's just been loading up and making millions that, of dollars betting. That is the best conspiracy theory yet. But uh, if now that gambling's not frowned upon, what do you think would happen if they found out that someone like in a general manager position was betting for or against their team? Oh, they get fired. Yeah, they need to be the sport. Yeah. So, yeah. something you want to tell us? I mean, I don't, I'm not a GM. It's not illegal to gamble in Vegas, but like players and coaches aren't allowed to go to Vegas and gamble. <laughs> John always texting up. They, they, they can go, they just can't bet on the NFL. They can, yeah, but they, yeah, yeah, they can go, they just can't. You they can't, can't bet on it. something that they are a part of. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be frowned upon for John Elway to gamble on football breach. By the I way, said I said any GM. I didn't name a specific name. By the way, shout out to uh, what's the name of the show, John? That um, Tom Brady got in trouble for. The, <laughs> I watched the first ne- episode. Netflix show. Yeah, that show's good with Paul Rudd. First episode. Is it good? The first episode actually is pretty good. And John and, and Tom Brady does a great job acting. So props to him. Now that we're talking about other sports and TV shows, is Devo in your ear right now, Brinson, telling you to log off, wrap it up. In fact, he wrote very brief in Slack, and he was like talking about Magic Johnson's uh, pitching career. No, no, no. We, uh, Dubin and I started talking NBA. When we started talking basketball. Devo gets. Um, that's how we keep. That's how we hook Devo. Got to start we turning. Talked, we talked NBA in three straight podcasts now. Nice. Very nice. Uh, speaking of NBA, the Clippers are railroading the Warriors, so that's exciting. And that's how we'll get out of here. Make sure and check out the Picks Pod. It's up on YouTube. It's also in your feed. Um, and we'll talk Sunday night, boys. Follow Golden Tate on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.